Welcome everybody to this Issue Commentary podcast. Now this is the Issue Commentary for the December 2017 issue, or Issue 1108, if you've been counting since 1924. Um, Now, the point of the podcast is to um, tell you some of the the behind-the-scenes stories about um, the construction, the um, production of this this issue, uh, and what a fine issue it is. Um, We would like you to tell your friends, if you enjoy this podcast um, and likewise tell your friends if you've enjoyed the magazine this month. Um, Word of mouth is still a phenomenal marketing activity in these days of social media so um, let your friends know and I think I think we're still unique in that we we we, do, we produce this issue uh, commentary. So this is this is um, yeah this is something to enjoy. Hopefully while you are you have the magazine in front of you. And I say this every month in the commentary. But um, if you don't have the issue in front of you, stop listening. Go out and buy one. Um, you can get it all over the world. Um, in America, take a look in Barnes and Noble. Um, in the UK, all good uh, news agents, uh, supermarkets, and um, various other places as well. Not enough. Everyone says that, don't they, on the, on the team? Um, speaking of the team, I have here today, um, it's great to welcome as ever, we have our editor, Damon Cogman. Hello. And we have features editor, Simon Aaron. Good afternoon. And we have deputy editor, Joe Dunn. Hello. How is everyone? How's everyone right today? <laughs> good. Yeah. yeah. It's not bad today, today, is it? Yes, just finished a good issue, so everything's good. Excellent. Well, let's dive straight in. Actually, we won't dive straight in, we'll dive straight on. Yes. In, that. on. It, yeah, we know what you mean. <laughs> the cover. That's okay. on the front, definitely on the front. God, the cover this month. This was uh, Damon <laughs> and everyone, Joe, the whole, wow. This was a, um, a really tricky one, wasn't it? And um, yeah. why trying, was that, Damon? Trying to, yeah, <laughs> it, al- it always is. Uh, we say the same every month. When we go and do these behind the scenes uh, podcasts, we always say the same thing. These are, these are the single most difficult, tricky, Stressful, yes. Pages that we do. Everyone's got a. Everyone's got a comment. Everyone wants an expert. Yeah. (laughs) It's like all the other pages. uh, All kind of breezes by, but the cover suddenly. Wow. Everyone. Everyone wants to have a little chat. But um, it's all good. Um, But the one thing. The one thing that having two people on the cover always throws up a challenge is. uh, Is you. You're always trying to find a balance between the two people. You're trying to get two people to interact. You're trying to get two people to um, be in the same picture at the same time. Because uh, weirdly, on the track, they actually spend so little time together, as in right next to each other. They're usually following each other. They're usually sort of a few feet apart. So actually trying to squeeze them onto a cover in, in, a, in, a, in a car. Is this is Sebastian Vettel and Lewis Hamilton, we should say. It, it, it is, yes. Can't see it. These, these are the two people <laughs> we're talking about. Two yes. superstars of F1, yeah. Absolutely. And we didn't really want to go conventional either, did we? No, absolutely not. We always, we, we always want to try and um, we always want to try and do something different. So yeah, I, I was going to say that they were very, very much side by side in Baku earlier this year, weren't they? They were, they were yeah. yeah. No, no I, pictures. I really <laughs> wanted a picture of that with sparks and waved fists and everything. Thing that would fit perfectly in that slot, but they were. I think they had other things on their mind than the uh, motorsport cover at that point. Uh, they were. They weren't. How rude! They weren't thinking of <laughs> magazine covers. Um, so we. So we. What did we do then, Damon? How did we get to the point where we have this? This quite intriguing shot yeah. of Lewis and, and Sebastian. Well, I think we, as, as with all these uh, covers, we always end up with a, a big pile in, of, of images to, to choose from. But um, this, this kind of stood out as being um, a little different and a little bit uh, off kilter, which is what motorsport sort of does well, I think. We, we sort of try and go, um, we, we try and sort of see the picture uh, 
that tells a story and kind of just just tries to do something a little bit more than just look nice. So yeah. we try, we're always trying to sort of go that extra mile. It's an advert uh, as well, isn't it? So yeah. It's an advertisement for the magazine this this month. Yeah. That's, you know, so it has to be striking. That's that's for sure. Mm. And Joan, and, um, Simon, what what do you think of the return to red? <laughs> well, it's in it's in the right that place. The, so if, you don't, if you don't have the issue in front of you, it's, uh, it's the sound it's, uh, of subscribers falling yes. over at this point. I can hear the cornflakes being choked on as we speak. It's uh, it's not it's below the masthead, so it's in the right place. Um, uh, I think it's. Uh, I mean, I've, I've got to say it's one of my favourite covers. I think it's absolutely stunning and uh, very eye-catching. Uh, and um, as you say, as, as, as an advertising tool, I mean, it tells you what's in the magazine, and it's a real bumper issue. I think this. Um, uh, this issue, uh, which obviously we're going to talk about, but um, I love it. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's an old adage, isn't there, somewhere in, in fashion about red and green should never be seen. But I think in... They've never, obviously never seen your T-shirts, have well, well, they? <laughs> <laughs> well, they probably shouldn't be seen. I love, I love <laughs> that Damon is now yeah. like this oh, arbiter of fashion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. But I, I have to say, uh, in photographs and here on the cover, I, I find them very, I think red and green are very complimentary. Yeah. Um, you know, Robin on a holly bush or something. It's, it's, I, I just find yeah. the whole thing, and I think it. It's very festive. That's good. Yeah, and um, no, I think I think uh, you know, it's very it's difficult to be impartial when you're discussing something you've just hmm. sweated over for a week or three. Um, but I think the red and green work really well together, and the the image of. The two drivers, whether they're having a waltz, a cuddle, a fight, it's, it's hard yeah, to tell. Strictly but, um, kind of, yeah, strictly kind of. Sumo. Um, but it's, yeah, um, yeah I, I'm, I'm happy with the result. Yeah. I can't, I can't, I can't not go, I can't move on from the cover without mentioning the, uh, the fonts. The, the, no, fonts? not the fonts this time. Oh, wow. Should we, should we go for, <laughs> let's go for the gloss. Gloss versus okay. uh, mm. uh, matte oh, you've finish. You've got this great theory yes. here, haven't you? It's a okay. tactile experience, as all, yeah, as all magazines down, are. Everyone. This right, could, now. This could, this is, this is, this <laughs> could this take is, some time. <laughs> What you Go need to do is you need to pick it up, pick the magazine up in your actual hands in, in the real world and put your thumbs across the uh, cover off on the front and then your fingertips on the back. And on your fingertips on the back you'll have a nice glossy approach and then on the front you'll have a mixture of matte and gloss running over your fingertips, or over your thumbprints. And it's, uh, it becomes a, a lovely tactile experience. And suddenly all these, uh, and the, suddenly the, the gloss and the matte kind of make sense. You're making okay. it sound like a home-based podcast. <laughs> it's brilliant. We, we, we obviously, uh, yeah, the tactile quality is very important. And I, do you know what? Joking aside, um, m magazines across the board, um, there have been challenges in, challenges in the last five to ten years or so about the quality and the overall perceived quality of, of, of newsstand magazines. And um, some uh, have reduced the quality, some have changed their paper stock, some have moved away from cover finishes, some have reduced the, uh, the investment in the content types or the contributors or whatever else. Um, we're, we are of the belief that um, quality um, is, is the right approach for us. It always has been in the past and always will be in the future. So, so, we, so we are going to just maintain this, um, this strategy, this, this idea that the, motor, that the magazine, that Motorsport magazine is collectible, it's enjoyable, it's enjoyable for uh, content reasons from an experience perspective and as Damon quite rightly says from a tactile <laughs> perspective as well um, but no I don't want to denigrate the work that anyone's done on it I mean I, we, we do absolutely um, adhere to those um, those beliefs don't we that, that quality sells absolutely. so absolutely. yeah should we go should we dive in now definitely 
All right. Let's okay. Go. So behind the scenes, I'm I'm going to go to the. Um, well, let's, let's go through the regulars. We have, um, as ever, Formula One news, international news, GT3, road, cars, rallying, historic. We have the Tomorrow's World page. Mark Hughes, Dickie Mead and Matt Oxley, Richard Williams, Doug Knight, Gordon, Quickshank, letters, books, arts and memorabilia, model cars, parting shop. So we have all the great regulars in there. Um, you missed out club racing. Enjoy. <laughs> are you there? You are. Oh, goodness me. That's awkward. <laughs> I've had two awkward <laughs> podcasts now. <laughs> so the, the podcast yesterday with, with Jerry Horner, and she t you'll have to listen to that one, uh, or if you haven't, yeah, check out I think this one might come out before the other. Oh, <laughs> yeah. on, no. Basically, we recorded a podcast yesterday with Christian Horner and, and Horner, and Jerry Horner Halliwell was there, and I asked an awkward question, and Jerry, anyway, listen to the podcast. It was. <laughs> so, so, yeah. so anyway, so now I've gone and um, forgotten that um, Simon's got a fantastic spread in there. I didn't say it's fantastic. I just said it was there. We're going to have to talk about it now, aren't we? Just we are going to have to talk about it. Right, yeah. Simon, Simon, tell us what's in this fantastic club racing and beyond uh, column this month. I think there are there are contents of greater moment that we should discuss. But um, very briefly, Alton Park is mentioned. Is really? And, and other things. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Good stuff. I'm going to go to Joe then. Joe, tell us, I tell you what, tell us your favourite feature in the magazine this month, on sale now, if you're listening to this in November 2017. Um, well, uh, modesty prevents me from talking about my own feature. Um, but you're but going to anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, best feature, I would say, I mean, I love Mark's cover story. Uh, it's brilliant. It's timely. Uh, but I, uh, uh, I loved the Bernie Eccleston interview. Uh, which uh, Richard Williams did a fantastic job with. Uh, first time, really, that someone's kind of had a proper sit-down interview with uh, Bernie since he uh, left the sport um, uh, uh, about a year ago. Um, and he, uh, uh, Richard Williams, manages to really get under the skin of, of Bernie, who's a difficult man to interview. I mean, he's been interviewed so many times, he can twist kind of inexperienced journalists around his little finger and you end what you end up getting is reading a, a essentially a press release that you know that Bernie wanted to put out there um, uh, but Richard Williams is obviously you know an experienced and wily journalist and uh, it's far too uh, uh, good and experienced to sort of fall for that so he's really kind of got under the skin of, of Bernie uh, gives a chapter and verse on um, what he's doing now where he thinks he went wrong where he went right during his time at the helm of former one. Um, there's a great little scene in there where he sort of looks at Richard Williams, asks him if he, you know, um, if he misses Formula One, and Bernie fixes him with a gaze and says, "I do miss it. I do miss it." And then goes on to saying, "I remember when I left and was ousted from uh, my position by Chase Carey, and he was sat right where you're sitting now, looking at Richard Williams, uh, and told me that I was off because he wanted my job." I mean, it's just brilliant, brilliant interview, and. Um, uh, a, a lovely story and a great exclusive for the magazine. Um, so that would be my nomination for uh, uh, top feature this month. And it was nearly the cover, wasn't it, Damon? It was nearly the cover. We, the, the image that we used on the main feature, which is sort of like a scene out of a 
Godfather or uh, sort of uh, Italian gangster film uh, image. Um, what are you implying, Damon? Uh, and, <laughs> no. and Damon's, uh, oh, no. <laughs> da- Damon's uh, opinions are not necessarily shared with the... Uh, <laughs> um, Hamish, can you just edit that bit out, please? Ah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> done it again. Um, but he's, he's, he's uh, sort of shown in his earlier days looking a bit uh, sort of bit, bit gangstery, isn't he? And it's, uh, it's what with that in the heading. Uh, is a fantastic way to kick off a Bernie interview, isn't it? Yeah, I, th- I think um, the, the cover, you're absolutely right, that, that image that we've used on, on the opener, we, we looked very hard at using that image on the cover. We just couldn't make it work. It's, you know, it's obviously, it's a film image. Um, it, didn't, it, it wouldn't have blown up and delivered the quality that we would have liked for the cover. Bernie is a divisive figure, isn't he? It's, um, you know, we, we had doubts about whether it would sell. As, yeah, as I mean, I... <coughs> People tend to be, I mean, they're rather fascinated to, re- to read about him, but the trouble is quite often when he, when he appears in print, as Joe mentioned, he's very good at saying things that don't actually say anything, but, um, which, is one of the, which is one of the nice things about, again, as Joe's mentioned, one of the nice things about Richard's piece is that you know, he's, he's, uh, he's actually got answers to the questions he's asked, yeah. um, which with Bernie, you always get answers, but sometimes they take you back to the point where you started and you're still none the wiser. Uh, but I think yeah, I think he's done a very, very good job. Excellent. Have you interviewed Bernie? I have, yeah, um, two or three times. Yeah. Um, and generally, I found him. I found him okay. Uh, fascinating. Sometimes you chat to him about things he he can remember in crystal clear detail. Uh, something that went on in 1954, 55, mm-hmm. and you move forward a few years, to discuss something else, and um, it just. I can't remember that at all. And then, <laughs> okay, right. <laughs> How come? He said, oh, I was doing something. Oh, okay, whatever. But yeah. he, I mean, he'll, he'll only chat about what he wants to chat about. But uh, no, I've, I've, I, I can't claim to know him well, yeah. but I have interviewed him a few times. And uh, yeah, I've always enjoyed the experience because it's actually, mm. it's a bit of a chess match in some ways because you're kind of mm-hmm. trying to think, where's his, where's his mind going? And where do I need to place my mind to get my mind in the right place to ask the next because he's, he's going off over there somewhere. Yeah. Fantastic. Joe, you're, you're also being modest about um, how this interview was set up because that was, that was your handiwork, wasn't it? You made it happen. Well, how did you do it? There's no great secret to it. I mean, sometimes I think, and you know, I've been in this game long enough to know that sometimes you get lucky. And this, I think this is one of those. And Bernie is one of those sort of, essentially, we'd been trying and we put, you know, feelers out and, and suggested to him and his people that he might want to sit down with us, you know, and this has been going on for weeks and weeks and weeks. And it all gone, the trail had gone cold. And so I thought, well, you know, let's try the front door approach and um, literally called up his office um, uh, uh, in, um, in central London, uh, got through to the right person, asked if we could do an interview. They said they'd get back to me, and five minutes later, I got an email back saying, uh, "Yeah, can you do next Tuesday?" So it just happened that quickly. I think I suspect what happened was that his personal assistant literally went next door to Bernie, who was sat at his desk, maybe a bit bored, and he said, "Yeah, okay, let's do it." And so rather than going through various PR people and different channels and sponsored channels and all those, you know, you go through the front door, and, and sometimes that's the most effective route. You know, it's the uh, route one, and it doesn't always work. Most of the time, it doesn't work, but on this occasion, it did. Um, and uh, and it was it was it's good timing because, as I say, it was it's a year since he left, um, and maybe he felt the you know he had a few things to get off his chest, which um, you know which which he did. He certainly did, yeah, absolutely. Right then, let's. Um 
I think we'll go into the cover story now. Um, so this, this, is a, this is a package of content that's based around um, surely the defining rivalry of the modern Formula One era. Um, yeah, how do, we, do, we, do we feel that Sebastian and, and Lewis are the two, the two rivals currently in Formula One with, with, with Max and Daniel? I think they, they, this, this year they have become so, but I mean, it's the first time really, I mean, 2010, they were both in a title fight mm. at the last race as the two outsiders and Seb won. But generally, they've not, I mean, Seb wasn't fighting with Lewis when he had a competitive McLaren. Mm. The McLaren wasn't quite effective enough against the Red Bull when it was dominant. This is the first, and then Mercedes has had a period of dominance. It's the first time the two of them have properly been head to head in, yeah. in you know, on a, on a weekend by weekend basis. Um, in, in competitive cars. I'm sure that that makes it much the, all the sweeter for Absolutely. Lewis to to have come out on top this time. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it does. I mean, it's, um, I mean, it, it has. Been, I mean, it's a pity, to my mind, that Ferrari dropped the ball a little bit with its reliability for a couple of races, and then there was the incident in Singapore as well, yeah. which has taken the sting out of the last couple of races of the year in terms of the title fight. Yeah. Which it, yeah, it's always nice for it to go down to the finale. Yeah. But um, it's yeah, you know, it has been a, it's been a very very good battle for the for the most part. I think. I think um, we in this story in particular, Mark has has, has managed to go into that um, the the granular detail, hasn't he? He's really explored where the edge is, both in terms of the the, the drivers and and the cars. And I think um, did we tot up the word count in these two two articles? But we we must be nudging seven thousand, um, maybe I, more I, words. My fingers don't go that much, that high, but uh, yeah, it was a, <laughs> it was um, it was a lot of words. <laughs> it was it was a lot. Of, I mean, if you if you haven't got the magazine in front of you, it's kind of a two part story. So we have a, an insight into the guys, the men, the men themselves, and also some fantastic insights into their into their character. Um, and their personalities. Uh, I, I was just about to reveal some stuff, but I won't do it. Um, there's a great quote that we pulled out. Wheel to wheel, he can be unreasonable, but just up to the point of plausible deniability, he's very skilled at treading that line. Who are we talking about there? Uh -huh. <laughs> We're not allowed to give it away, are we? We're we talking about one of the drivers there. If you're intrigued, you know what to do. <laughs> um, and the second part is about um, is a very detailed look at the, the, the cars this year. Yeah, I mean, Mark has, has got an unparalleled understanding of the technical side and his ability to watch all the cars at a certain point on a track and detect little nuances in the way they behave. I don't think there's anyone else who can do, no one else does that, analyzes that as well as he does. And, he's, and with both parts of this feature, he's spoken to the right people. Yeah. The, um, you know, he's got a fantastic understanding of the driving dynamics. I mean, not many people know that he was a finalist in the Jim Russell World World uh, Scholarship thing back in 19 against Stefan Beloff. Yeah. Um, I mean, so yeah, Mark does understand the driving side very, very well. And uh, yeah, he's, he's talked to all the right people here, to both on the technical side and with regard to the drivers as individuals. And we um, have to, um, and we have to credit um, Paolo D'Alessio as well, absolutely. and, yeah. and uh, his his illustrations are fabulous in here. And I don't, I don't think these have been published. Certainly not on this this scale before. Um, and Damon, talking of um, little nuances, I believe Mark, um, when he had a cast his eye over the um, the PDF, he asked you to change, or not change, but he asked you to adapt. 
Yeah. <laughs> this, this, this is a as, different nuance. Go on, as, as you can imagine, there is, uh, those, the, the, the illustrations that we've used uh, are incredibly uh, in-depth and detailed and perfection personified. But they, uh, the, the funny thing was Mark kind of saw the pages before they went to the printers and saw that the angle of the Mercedes and the angle of the uh, Ferrari were slightly different because Ferrari has a uh, much more of a rake than the Mercedes. So we had to uh, artificially raise one up by, I'm going to say like a millimetre or something <laughs> in the context. It was a tiny, tiny amount. And also the wheelbase is slightly longer on the on the uh, Mercedes. So if you kind of look at the pictures side by side as they are, you'll notice that the front wing just, just tips out the side of the box a bit more than it does on the Ferrari. And so it's a tiny, a d tiny details, but these are all the things that we could spend hours sort of pouring over. <laughs> yeah, amazing detail. Mm. So and if then, you get your protractor out and your, <laughs> and your, <laughs> and your ruler, <laughs> you'll find that, these, that, the, that the drawings <laughs> are, are, are accurate. <laughs> Did you say you're sexist? I did. Well, no, you, you never go. You, no, I'm taking this overseas. Isn't, isn't that what you use? No. Protractor, compass. That's the one. Yes. Compass. Compass. Not a sextant. Not the sextant. Right. A pair of compasses. Yeah. Ah, there we go. Oh. I'll just go. I'm just going to go look in my pencil case and uh, see what's in there. <laughs> for a sextant. You won't find it there. No. <laughs> Bit big for pencil cases. Oh dear. Right. Oh, so we do. We do enjoy ourselves putting this yes. uh, this this title together. Um, page seventy. And, uh, and then if you turn over the page 78, you will see fabulously, I don't know about Joe and, uh, and Simon, I don't know about you, but I love these, um, these illustrations. The, the, um, it takes me back. I was going to say there's something very kind of old school about it, and I don't know why I sort of think that, but it's just I just love the way that you get so used to these days. I think seeing photographic cutaways and kind of computer-generated images yeah. that go on, you know, uh, that uh, show the sort of skeleton or the inside of the uh, insides of cars. But these sort of drawings, there's just something about them which uh, I think is just really magical. And uh, you talk about tactile; they almost feel like you can kind of yeah. touch them, you know. This is, this is uh, what magazines do so, or magazines allow us to do so well, is that kind of really indulgent kind of, here's a massive picture and here's something you can see every nut and bolt and every detail. And obviously the fabulous uh, illustrations allow, allow you to really kind of get stuck in visually. It makes you wonder on page 76, when you look at the Mercedes um, and you see the, the cutaway where the engine cover is, Where's the engine? <laughs> yeah, it's in there somewhere. <laughs> you know, there's nothing really apart from maybe the kind of twisted rope of the um, of the exhaust. There's nothing really that it's points you. No. There's no yeah, actual cover, engine bit. Yeah, it's yeah. tiny, isn't it? Yes, yeah, it's yeah. tucked away under there. Under but it doesn't even look like a. It looks like a gas turbine. Yeah, or something, it does. doesn't it? You know? It's a massive turbine on top of a tiny engine. I'm, I'm quite confident when I say that. I don't. I don't think you'll find a more in-depth analysis of. Um, the, the great Formula One rivalry this year, and I'm not just talking about Sebastian and Lewis, I'm talking about Ferrari and Mercedes as well. Um, so please take a, take a good look at this, because if you have any questions about either the, the drivers or the, the cars this year, I'm pretty sure we've, we've answered them all. So top work all around there, I think, from the team. Where should we go next, Dave? Let's go, let's go lunch. Let's go to Joe's lunch. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So, oh. Joe, you, I, I want to, it's behind the scenes stuff. So, it's Ari Vatanen. He jumps on a plane. You want to see Ari, who lives mm -hmm. off up in, it, it's sort of Route Napoleon way, isn't it? In yeah, south of France. It's about two hours north Marseille. Um, yep. And um, 
Uh, I mean, the story of getting him, I mean, I said earlier about chasing down Bernie, uh, and it was similar with, uh, with, with Ari, uh, and I ended up, I think, forming quite a nice <laughs> friendship with him over email. We were, well, we were just <laughs> pinging emails backwards and forwards, and then one day it would work for him, but wouldn't work for us, or, or then it fell through for him at the last minute, and, and it just went on and on and on. And then eventually he said, uh, in fact, I got a f- phone call from him, uh, and he uh, called up, and, and his voice on the end of the phone said, is that Joe? I said, yes. He said, can you do Tuesday? And he didn't introduce himself, but I knew exactly who it was. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was like, yes. Uh, yeah, Did you hear yeah, the sound in the background Tuesday. of a mark to it? <laughs> that's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah going sideways. <laughs> going sideways. Yeah. I thought, that's got, there's only the one man that could be. Um, <laughs> speaking of which, what a fantastic opening picture that yeah. is. Oh, well, uh, Simon, I mean, you, I mean, when we were looking at the layouts of this, and, and you, you really were... Fell uh, over, <laughs> 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 you, you said something to me then, when, when you first... In fact, you said, Nick, you've got to see the opener. Um, yeah, t- tell me what, what you see in this image. It's I see Ari Vatanen. I mean, but not, it's just the spirit of Vatanen. Yeah. The, the way I think the sport most closely identifies with Vatanen. Yeah, we know he drove the 205 T16 and brilliantly and so on and so forth. But it's the early days in, in the UK, firstly with a battered Opal and then with an increasingly, well, a series of increasingly battered escorts. But I mean, every, that photograph, it's. It's a photo of a Rothmans backed escort, very, very sideways, and I can't remember if it's in the Scottish or the Welsh rally. Um, but it's just, it's clearly going very quickly. It's got battle scars all over it, and it's as sideways as you can get a car without vaulting into the trees. It's just lovely. And loads of dust. Yeah, and his hands just on top of the wheel. Yeah. He's just looking sideways through there with his Simpson bandit helmet on. It's brilliant. Great pit, great opener, yeah, Damon. Great, great yes. design. And we, we have. Um, uh, we've consciously, with with our lunch with approach, since we did the redesign a few issues ago, we're, we're opening now with a with an archive shot of, of yeah. the subject, um, which I, I just think it's just a, it gives us an opportunity to use a cool archive shot, really big, um, and then it's accompanied by shots of of, of the, uh, of the, the character lunch. today, yeah, yeah, absolutely. enjoying their lunch. Yeah. And Joe, how was the lunch? Where did you go? And what was the? It was uh, it was very nice, a very nice lunch. Um, we went to his. In fact, he suggested the restaurant, which was local to his rather beautiful farmhouse in Provence. Um, and uh, unfortunately, it's only open at the weekends in the winter months, and this was a couple of weeks ago, so it's technically the so winter over there for them, and so it wasn't open on the Tuesday. Uh, so I said, oh, that's a great shame. He said, don't worry, I'll call the owner, uh, who I know very well, and he called the owner, and the owner agreed to open up for us. So we ended up having this restaurant high up in the, in the hills, completely deserted, completely to ourselves, uh, with the owner, a lovely man called Richard, and his wife, um, serving us copious amounts of rather delicious food. Um, and we sat there for hours and hours, and Ari is uh, unlike, I mean, Kimmy, uh, <laughs> 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 and other, other things you can think of, <laughs> aren't particularly talkative, um, and Ari is not, he's completely opposite. He's, He's, he's funny, he's um, got lots to say, uh, he's engaged. Uh, it was a real, real pleasure to, to, to talk to him. My, my, uh, my favourite bit, bit of your sort of your sort of adventure was your, your little drive from his house to the uh, to the to the restaurant. Absolutely, uh, yeah. which you which you filmed, didn't you, with your phone? <laughs> I did. I, well, I couldn't I couldn't not film it because it's a so basically it's, it's a dirt track. I had a hire car, a Fiat Tipo, I think, and um, uh, it's a dirt track leading up to this restaurant up in the up and halfway up a mountain. Um, and as we got on the dirt track, and Harry was driving my hire car because he knew the way, um, I suddenly realised this is just like 
Climb Dance, the, um, the Pike's Peak <laughs> video uh, or film from Peugeot uh, from back in 88, I think it was, when he broke the record. Um, and it's one of my favourite, favourite films. It's only five minutes long, but it's absolutely brilliant. I'm sure you all know it. Um, and I thought, this is, this is it. I'm in Climb Dance. So I had to get my phone out and film Ari as he was driving this car up this dirt track going sort of through uh, hairpin bends as we, as we climbed up the mountain. And him talking to me about, um, about Pikes Peak, about you know, going sideways and life being monotonous without sideways. Um, fantastic. It was just, it was a really, it was a, it was a short notice trip, but it was a fantastic trip. And, uh, and uh, uh, he's a, um, yeah, a very interesting man. Well, you captured it brilliantly. Um, let's jump over to, from the south of France, let's go to Prescott via Indianapolis. Simon, this, this, yes. this is a Simon Aaron special, this one. But t tell us about the, uh, the fish out of water on page 118. Yeah, I mean, I was planning to go to the Prescott Autumn Classic, come what may. Hmm. And uh, you and I were looking through the entrance, some of the stuff that was going to be there. And we spotted yeah. PC-22 Penske, which um, wasn't going to be competing, but it was going to be demonstrated. And uh, it just seemed like an odd place to be demonstrating an indie car really, a narrow English garden path for something that was designed really to turn left every so often. Um, and the car is, it was uh, in a collect, private collection in the States for a long time and it's now being run by a family from a garage in Selby, North Yorkshire and uh, they prep the whole thing themselves and it's a lovely bunch of people and um, they They've got, you know, they, they plan to demonstrate it. They'll, they'll race it if they can. Yeah. But uh, it's they, they want to be as active with with the car as possible, the Smith family, and um, it was just it was just a nice thing to see, just something a little bit different because, yeah. I mean, I, I go to Prescott three or four times a year if if I can, and you're used to seeing Austin Sevens and Bugattis and obviously modern British hill climb stuff going up there, but to see something like that, in fact, it wasn't possible for the car to do the full climb, not because of the nature of the hill climb course itself. Ah, you're going to give it away, aren't you? But, <laughs> yeah, I'm not. Okay. But, 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 but for a, a very improbable reason, um, okay. it was unable to actually do a full climb, so they kind of cobbled together a route it could do towards the bottom of the hill. But um, yeah, read, read the issue to see the peculiar reason why um, an Indianapolis Penske couldn't actually go to the top of Prescott. Brilliant. Oh, it's a fab piece. You're right. As soon as we saw the the, the, the car on the entry list, we thought, oh, we've got to we've got to take a look at this, and let's hope it races um, next year. Uh, there's a few series it can can race in, so um, yeah, let's hope it it gets out on track. Um, I'm going to. We're running out of time, I'm afraid, but we're going to jump onto the last two features. Um, we have six of the best, which is uh, Dickie Meaden's track test of the wonderful uh, JPS BMW 635 CSI, um, and what a beautiful machine it is. There's oh something about God. the JPS livery. Um, <laughs> I think there's something about just a 635 as well. Yeah, the, just, it's the noise, it's those yeah, arches. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We all got very excited about this, didn't we? Yeah, oh, it's <laughs> a great, another great story from Dickie. And of course, this car was raced by Jim Rich the uh, original driver at the Silverstone Classic and Dickie had spent a fair amount of time with Jim but discussing yeah. yeah discussing the car <laughs> and then ironically yeah then the next day they were they were um, nose to tail on the track um, so uh, this is an exclusive motorsport is the the only title that has driven this great JPS BMW 635i um, and there's a great shot on page 95 a close-up of um, 
Well, tell us. It's, tell a, it's a wheel disc. What's the what's the what's the what's the How correct term? Sorry, a, a disc shroud. A, a, yeah, it's a wheel shroud. It's like a BBS BBS wheel shroud. Yeah, it's a wheel shroud. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. So it's just all. Anyway, yes. You have to buy it. Yes, it's very exciting. And there's also an amazing video on our YouTube channel courtesy of Hamish, who sat next to me, um, with uh, a on beautiful, uh, an onboard, yeah. and there's some lovely archive stuff in there as well. Uh, it's, yeah, absolutely spectacular. Go to, go to our YouTube channel to go and, uh, go and live, live, through, uh, live through Dickie's eyes yeah. actually driving it, it's amazing. That's youtube.com forward slash motorsport1924. Um, now we are more active on YouTube these days. Uh, we are producing quite a lot of video content. Um, subscribe to the channel. If you subscribe to the channel, then you'll be the first to know of any new videos that um, we're posting. Um, but I can guarantee the kind of stuff that we're doing at the moment, I'm pretty sure isn't being replicated anywhere else at the moment. Great access to cars. We've got some really great drivers that can um, explore them and tell the story. So uh, it's a great how to drive series, of course, as well. The how to drive series is superb. And we're going to be filming a new series soon. Um, so yeah, take a look at YouTube. Um, now, the X-Files, Mulder and Scully, what's going on here? <laughs> Colin Chapman's reputation as an innovative genius endures, but some of his cars perform less well than others. The imperfect Lotus 10 was one such, but modern thinking has eliminated some of its design flaws. Simon, you know where I'm going to this one. This is, this yeah, that's suspect you're going to turn to me, aren't you? Yeah, um, uh, Nigel Rees, uh, very experienced in setting up or helping to sort the handling of uh, old racing cars. This is the third in the series he's done, Arrows A4, then the Scarab and the Lotus 10. One thing they have in common, they're all rubbish in period or relatively rubbish in period. And using modern setup tools and modern, yeah, modern, modern, modern software to interpret why and where the cars fail to deliver in period they're able, you know, his, his company, GSD Race, Race Dine, have I said that correctly? Yeah. Um, have been able to alter the handling characteristics of cars that didn't work terribly well when they were new. And nowadays in historic racing, uh, they, they perform much better against cars that would have walloped them in period. Yeah. And the Lotus 10, as I say, is, is one such as the third of three in a series. And it's just a nice, it's a nice analysis of it's quite funny, you're reading through, Nigel's got all the de details about weight distribution and ride heights and all this sort of stuff. And um, it's, it's often quite simple things that transform the, car, the way the car performs, but simple things that couldn't be analysed in 1958 because, or 55, because the tools to analyse them didn't exist. And it's just, it's, just, it's, uh, it's quite a nice, uh, a, modern, a, modern, a modern take on you know, an old, an old classic. It's a, weird, a weird little sidebar to all of this is the image that we used on the opening uh, pages of, uh, of this uh, was actually really, really, really hard to find. Page 82 and 83, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, um, the, the car wasn't around for very long. It only competed for, I think, a year, maybe 18 Because it was rubbish. Because it was <laughs> rubbish. And not many people kind of uh, bought one, so there, there weren't many around. So uh, we, we had a real trouble trying to find uh, images for this particular car uh, and in the end we had to go to America to find pictures of uh, a Lotus 10 at Snetterton 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we went all the way to we America. We went all the way to America I via, the, that expense, via the internet. <laughs> <laughs> by the, the, the power of the internet. But uh, it's, um, yeah, it was kind of a weird uh, little sidebar that there were, there were barely a, there's barely a picture from any archives from any English yeah. photographers of the Lotus 10 in period. Weird, yeah. but there we go. Well, speaking of photographs, the, the final uh, feature that we will mention uh, quickly before we wrap up for the day is the, uh, the You Were There special, um, which, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's one of the highlights of the month, would you say, Joe, when, we're, when Damon says, oh, come and have a look at these. I think these could, this could be a You Were There. This is a fabulous one, isn't it? This is uh, from our reader, Tim Reed, who went to school very close to Silverstone. Um, have you heard of Silverstone? Uh, oh, yes, it's, I've been once uh, or twice. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's on the way to Orton Park. <laughs> it's, 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 exactly, I drive, I drive past on the way to Orton Park. Um, but this is fabulous, isn't it, Joe? This is on page 98, and we have a mixture of black and white and, and colour um, photography from the 60s, 60s Formula One, and oh, what can you say? It's got everything, isn't it? Jim Clark, Mike Spence, Denny Holm. Everything. This is this is this is proper indulgence. This proper motorsport indulgence. This one. <laughs> yeah, it's one of my favourite bits of the mag. Actually, this uh, this this month in particular because the quality of the shots is is very good. Yeah, and it's just and the, the subject as well. I mean, it's John Surtees having his first run ever in a Cooper after he split with Ferrari in '66, and I'm not sure I've seen those. No. That, uh, Tim, when I spoke to Tim, he thinks he might have been the only photographer there that day. Wow. And um, you know, just for this stuff to surface, you know, more than fifty years on. Yeah. I mean, admittedly, they have been they have been sitting in an envelope on our shelf for a while. But the, um, yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm delighted they've now made it into the magazine. But it, it makes you makes you wonder, doesn't it, how much how much more stuff there is out there? Absolutely. So if you're yeah. listening and you have something, or you remember there's something up in your loft. You know, um, send Absolutely. it in. Send them in, and we'll we'll scan them in and return them safely, and we will get, make sure we look after them. But yeah. we'd love to see them. And in fact, on a, on a related note, before we wrap up um, tomorrow, I'm off to um, visit a gentleman um, who's been buying the magazine since the early 1930s. We believe he's our longest-serving reader. Um, and he was um, a big motor racing fan. He was at Snetterton recently. Um, and we were, um, uh, I, I got an email from his daughter who said um, he reads the magazine. He loves it. Um, would you mind just writing an email saying um, we appreciate that you've, you've <laughs> um, that you that you read the title? And I said, no, I'm going to come and <laughs> have a chat. Wait, I'm going to come well, around for a cup of tea and a biscuit. Come and have a cup of tea. So yeah, tomorrow I'm off to to meet um, who we believe is our, our longest-serving reader. So. I'm really looking forward to that. Unless, unless um, you, unless they can, unless you know we're an older one or a, yeah. or somebody with a longer serving, yeah. then we love to. It's probably time we reintroduced our guest editor feature, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. What are you trying to say? Simon? <laughs> <laughs> Joe's waving something at me before we we wrap up. Oh, I was merely going to mention that there readers will spot that there is a, a precision supplement in yes. uh, this uh, month, which is um, our uh, celebration of fantastic um, and quite expensive sometimes watches. Um, some readers uh, uh, feel a bit short-changed when they see this 30-page um, section uh, and say that uh, we've ejected cars for watches. Um, I would just like to uh, uh, say once again that these 30 pages are extra. Um, they're on top of uh, our, yeah. our, our standard pagination. So getting you're, if you're buying the magazine, you're getting exactly the same number uh, of pages and the same quality of pages and about cars. Uh, the watch uh, element is in addition to, not instead of. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it is um, from a from a business perspective. Um, you know, there's there's no doubt that there's real um, there's a connection between motoring um, and watches. The uh, watch manufacturers enjoy seeing their their uh, their content and their advertising in motoring magazines. Um, so it's it's an important uh, for us to to recognise that industry and and to support it from a commercial perspective. Um, so uh, yeah, Joe's absolutely right. There there are additional pages. Um, I hope you enjoy them. There's some there's some interesting there stuff, some in stuff in there. There is some good stuff in there. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, all good. So uh, guys, I'm um, sorry to oh, know no, we could talk forever. Um, <laughs> we always come in here saying, we always come in here saying, well, we just do half an hour, and then yeah. an hour later, oh, we've got to wrap it up. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but thank you again. So thanks to Damon Cogman, our, our editor. Thanks, Damon. No problem. And Simon Aaron, thank you very much as <laughs> ever, Simon, and for all your hard work on the issue, and uh, also to you, Joe Dunn, our, our deputy editor, and also for the fantastic Ari Vatten story. It's, it's a cracker. You've done really well there. So. And, and of course, to the rest of the gang, of course. Let's not forget the rest of the team. Goodness me. Yeah, yeah. That was close. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, they're not here, so... You know. Well, that's right. No, they, no. they, they won't listen to this, will they? Surely. <laughs> no, it's been great. Ac across the board, it's been, it's been a really fab month. So um, we've got a couple of issues that we'll be producing before the end of uh, 2017. Um, plenty of motorsport to enjoy out there. So um, you might see Simon Aaron at a, a circuit called Alton Park uh, over the next few weeks. When are you going back up there? Um, March. <laughs> No. Oh, really? <laughs> no, that's well, not true. The ra well, the racing season is it is currently the um, yeah. beginning of November. Um, yeah. Racing so there's a rally there on Saturday, but I'm going to the Walter Hayes Trophy. Yes, of course. Um, at Silverstone. <laughs> And which um, are which are which are video guy will be competing in. So yep. look out look out for Hamish McAllister yeah. in his little red Miguel. Yeah. And, yeah, and beyond that, there's a couple of brands, clubbies, and yeah. what I'm going to put in club racing and beyond two issues from now, I've no idea. Well, there's the race of remembrance at Anglesey. <laughs> there is that, yes. Well, so well, Didn't we say we had to go? Do we, know, do we know anyone that's competing in, the, in, in that? Well, actually, we, should we talk about the, uh, um, the victory in my... So, it's been a pleasure to... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wrapping up. Thanks for listening, as ever, and we'll, uh, we'll join you in a month for the issue commentary for the January uh, 2018 issue. So, thanks for listening. All the best.